on my shoulders. Tell me what you see. The kick, it's long, it's strong. Haste hey, Knights at home. We'll be breaking boulders underneath our feet. He's within range now, a third bounce. He's hot, but he gets oh. it and he won't text the goal of the day. On 88.3 Southern FM, this is Beyond the Boundary with Carl Bianco and John Donahoe. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. As you just heard, Carl Bianco is my name and joining me in the studio, as he does every Sunday morning, is Donners. Good morning to you, Donners. Hello, Carlos. How are things, mate? What a, what a show we've got in store oh, today. I tell you what. Just, what, how many games of AFL footy have we got coming, uh, chatting to us today? I think Jake Batchelor played what? Did he play 100? No. I think he played 85. 85, 85 and then ish. we got Jared Wade who played 200 plus. So 200 plus, over so in excess of 300. We've got almost 300 games of footy Unbelievable. Uh, in here today, and you've played your fair share of games. So. <laughs> yeah, on centre half yeah, bench. It's, um, um, it's a big show today, isn't it? Massive. Just when I think we can't outdo ourselves from the week before, mm. Lou Pritchard Nicholson from yep. St. Bede's, a lot of good reception to. Her having a chat to us last week, she was great. And we also uh, had John O'Hayden in the lead-up to the clash against Destin, which the result, unfortunately, didn't go in favour of Sandringham. But, geez, they, they hung in there, led by yeah. one, well, stalwart of the Sandy Football Club now, uh, you could say. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, well, he's had as, as good a start as what Winks has. That's why he's got that name in yep. Max King. Yeah. How's well, he going? I don't know if you heard my commentary last week, oh. but I was pretty excited every time he went near. <laughs> Did I hear your commentary? Far yeah. out. I listened back to the podcast. Mate. Yeah. And, uh, look, he was... He was <laughs> I got I got the fear... Like, he looked very Rewalt-esque early in in, in Rewalt's career as well and mm. he was jumping from three deep he was taking grabs all over the ground and he was just moving around like Nick Rewalt did and it just it got me excited it well, got me so excited for the future he's wearing number 12 as well well he's wearing number 12 and it's just he's got all the attributes that you know liken him to Nick Rewalt yeah. so, but, and he's bigger than Nick Rewalt yeah. which is remarkable so. well I said the other week when we called Sandringham against Frankston, that they really lacked a, a tall key forward. Certainly didn't like that against Essendon. Yeah, and well, now now with um, obviously they've lost John O'Marsh to the St Kilda team, and yeah. now with no Sam Rowe as well, King's going to be the number one focal point down there. So he might, you yeah. know, he's going to have to now work out. And, and this is what he's going to have to do through his career, how to sort of, you know, work out his, his opponents. Because they're going to go to him now. They're going to be... He's kicked four last week. Mm. He's going to be that number one forward that they're going to kick to. Yeah. And defenders are then going to have to match up on. So he's going to have to work out ways to sort of... Um, Peel off defenders and and get get uh, get out in space and kick goals. I suppose the big question is what happens when he does go and get a gig in the St Kilda lineup, which I reckon is fast approaching. And to I be think honest. You, and I think you saw a tweet of mine uh, last week. St Kilda fans, me being one of them, one you know, I'm a, I'm a passionate St Kilda fan, but I want patience. All right. Mm. I, I understand the hype, and I just called him Nick Rewan. I understand the hype about <laughs> Max King. I understand it. But we got 15 years to marvel over this kid, all right. So yep. if he doesn't have to, if he, if St Kilda don't want to play him this year, I'm okay with that. And I don't think that they should play him this year because you also got to think about who's going to come out of that forward line. Josh Bruce is taking nine contested marks a game almost. Tim Memory's a gun. Uh, Jack Billings is down there. You got Gresham. You got Robbie Young, who's making a name for himself, and Matt Parker. So who are you taking out of that forward line just to bring in? 
Max King. Yeah. Let him develop in the VFL. Let him. He's two games into his VFL career, mm. into his AFL career, and St Kilda fans out there are already going, oh, get him in after the bye. No. Let's yeah. just chill out. Let's wait. Let's let him get through a full season unscathed and watch him in the VFL, yep. and then next year we unleash him in round one. 100%. He's an exciting prospect for Sandringham and St Kilda, and I, I probably agree with you on that. Mm. Don't rush his... Well, fast tracking. You just the said to get him in the side. Well, I, but I agree. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I, I agree on, on two senses. I, I'd like to see him play for St Kilda because yeah. you say, you know, he's an exciting footballer, which he is, and kick four. He did, he and he kicked, looked. He should have kicked know. five. He missed one from close range. Yeah. And he looked every bit an AFL footballer. Yeah. I mean, his last, the last goal he kicked was from a tight angle. He took a mark three deep. He had three defenders on him, and he just jumped over the top. And that's why I'm calling him Nick Rewald esque because he looked outstanding. Beautiful. Well, we're going to get more into Sandringham a little later when we are joined by Jake Batchelor, who will be lacing up the boots again and playing VFL footy with Sandringham today, making his debut. So King that's exciting. To, King it down to Max King. Yes. Yeah, that is very exciting. We were also going to be joined by Jared Waite, oh, who's... Uh, one well, of the great men in, in sport. Oh, an absolute legend. When Killing it comes us to some Kevins as well. AFL football and, yeah, just kicking goals quite literally for St. Kevins. But... We need to get to our first guest this morning, and, well, this guy, he's tearing it up in the commentary ranks. He's, he's calling a lot of uh, the VFLW and also the NAB League, the newly formed NAB League, but it'd be wrong of me to not play a bit of this song in the lead-up to getting him on the program this morning. I speak of Matthew Cox, but before we get to you, Coxie... Bit of sweet disposition, just because I know how much you love that song, mate. <laughs> Good morning to you. Oh, uh, able to be broadcast here this morning, Carl. <laughs> hey, thanks uh, so, so much for uh, joining us this morning, mate. It's it's a, a big thing having to have a look at uh, or commentate the VFLW and and see it, you know, grow to what it is now, and also this new formed uh, NAB League. Yeah, it is, and uh, just interesting to catch a chat there about Max King, obviously um, being uh, having commentated the under 18s for the last few years. The first time I noticed him was back in 2017 in a preliminary final down at Kidinia Park. And yeah. him, him, along with his brother, dominated that day um, and really stamped their authority. Unfortunately, didn't get to see too much of him last year, given his ACL injury that he got in school footy. But mm. did see him play a very dominant game out at Craigieburn. Off the top of my head, I think he kicked seven goals. But not just clunking them, marking up forward. He was... Roving, he was crumbing, he was snapping, he, he could do the lot, and he's an exciting prospect, and I think I'd tend to agree with uh, Donna's there in the studio that uh, just give him a little time. I don't think rush him into the side because we don't want him to get overawed with uh, what's ahead of him because he is a great talent. Spot on, Matty. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us, um, I know it's round 10 in the AFL, but you know we always talk about from this time of the year who the who the likely number one pick is now. It's all talking about uh, Noah Anderson and um, and Matty Rowell, uh, I think his name. And I want to know also about uh, Carl's long-lost brother, Trent Bianco. Uh, there's a lot of talk about him being sort of a top five draft pick. I'd say credit for his footy ability. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there's no relation there for the record. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably beneficial to Trent. Yes. Um, <laughs> he is. He's... I was, didn't recall him too much last year, although he did play a number of games for Oakley. But this year, called him in round one, and geez, he was dominant off half-back. Um, believe he's gone into the midfield 
since round one with obviously Matty Rowell and Noah Anderson having school footy commitments. That's one thing with Trent. He's got a full crack at um, the NAB League this year and also uh, Vic Metro responsibilities because he has finished school. So expect to see him pulling on the Guernsey a fair bit this season. But he is a very exciting talent, as I said, coming off half-back as a flanker, running through the midfield, good user of the footy, Great composure, great leadership. He's the co-captain of Oakley. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting him to go maybe top five, but definitely in the top ten uh, for the draft. And that's incredible to think Oakley could have three to four players go in the top ten of the draft this year. Matty Rowell, he's a cut above. He, he, similar to Sam Walsh, he's got that similar sort of hype. Um, probably more... Um, better in the contested situation than what Sam is. Um, Sam can do a lot more on the outside as well. Matty Rowell obviously can, but uh, he's, he's a bull inside the midfield. And then Noah Anderson, he, he can do everything. He's probably just a tad uh, little inconsistent um, compared to Matty Rowell, but it's only a smidgen. It wouldn't be much. Um, but he, he can kick goals. He's lively up forward, lively through the midfield. They've got some talent on that Oakley list, as they genuinely generally do year in year out and coxie what's the perception this year usually we we get an idea of how the draft pool is last year they were calling it the super draft you know we we had some seriously good players i mean sam walsh has turned into a star uh is it a bit stronger or weaker this year what, what are you getting out of it early stages i'd probably suggest it's a touch weaker um compared to the top 10 that went last year. I mean, some some of the names in that list uh, are incredible. Obviously, we mentioned Sammy Walsh. The King brothers, um, they're, they're dominant. They're ready-made. They can have an impact at AFL level. Um, coming to this year, there's probably not going to be as many of them. They're still very talented players, but they've probably got another year or two of development before they're ready to have a genuine impact at the AFL level, apart from probably Matty Rowell and Noah Anderson as the two standouts, and there's a couple of interstaters as well that um, are definitely going to be there or thereabouts, but I wouldn't expect them to be walk-up round one starters last year. After that, um, it probably tails off again a little more, so potentially um, there's a lot of 19-year-olds. It's, it's a, the feature of the NAB League that I'm picking up this year. They've expanded how many spots you can have for 19-year-olds in the competition, so I'd expect to see a few more of them drafted come the end of the season and also tomorrow, given we've got the mid-season draft and those that nominated for last year's draft are actually eligible to be selected tomorrow. And a name there um, that comes to mind is Riley Bowman, who plays for the Dragons, played for the Stingrays last year and won a premiership with them, has come across as a 19-year-old to the Dragons and doing fairly well, uh, kicking goals, uh, being dominant in the ruck as well. So he's... And I, might not get drafted, but could be a roughy tomorrow. Cox, I've got to ask you, mate, the the transition from being the TAC Cup to now the NAB, whatever they call it, the NAB League, I should say, how, how have you seen the transition now? We've been, the league's inclusive of teams from interstate as well. Has it made it, what, what difference do you think is, is, what's the biggest difference from last year to this year, basically? I'll get, I'll get it out someday. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you firing on all cylinders. Yeah, uh, this is a regular occurrence, Coxie. He's never he's never on time. I he's channel never... my inner Andy Ma, but that's okay. Uh, I uh, I remember many moons ago a very similar issue, but give me spell. No, look. I, overall, apart from the name change and and 
uh, bigger promotion and, and more media coverage of the competition. It hasn't actually changed too much okay. from what was known as the old TAC Cup. We had the interstate sides in from round two to round six, um, which was good. We got to see some interstate talent. They yep. got to be able to compare themselves against the top Victorian talent, which they haven't had a chance for. Mm. That that sector of the season, it was actually the, the Division Two of the National Championship. So okay. essentially what the Allies squad is formed up of for the, the National Championships in a couple of weeks. So it was your, uh, Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, uh, the Northern Territory, and in addition to that, you also had Tasmania, who are actually in for the entire season, so that's a little quirk as well. But that they were actually playing for a, a separate trophy, if you like, and, and uh, credit, um, in addition to being a part of the NAB League, which was good. I think it got great exposure some, to some players that we potentially wouldn't have seen until the championships. We've got to be able to see their stories. For me, um, there's a couple of players from uh, Queensland to look out for, Connor Buderick, Skipper of the Gold Coast Sunside, mm-hmm. fantastic contested ball winner, can kick goals up forward as well. Awago Paul Owe, whose nickname is Ace, uh, a standout as well <laughs> up forward for uh, for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Will Martin, who plays for Brisbane, should be a, a high draft pick as well. Errol Goulden, he's a 17-year-old from Sydney. Remember that name. He's done some brilliant stuff from a wing position, running through the midfield, going forward. He won't be drafted this year because he's only 17 years old, but uh, put that in your little notebook for uh, 2020 because he is going to be an absolute star and he's part of the Sydney Swans Academy. So I okay. expect him to uh, either go to the Sydney Swans or at least be bidded on uh, very high come next year. Very good. Now, we'll draw our attention to the VFLW. The other day, we here at Southern FM called the VFL game following the VFLW game uh, between the Southern, State, Southern Saints and... Was it North Melbourne's women's team or was it Collingwood's? Collingwood. Collingwood, Collingwood yeah. Uh, yeah, down at uh, Moorabbin. Correct. Um, How'd you yeah, see they, that? Look, Southern Saints, it's going to be an interesting season for them. They're obviously part of the St Kilda program heading towards that AFLW, um, expecting them to be fairly competitive. I'm, I'm comparing them to Geelong's VFLW season last year where they actually went to the grand final, didn't yep. win, but were very competitive, uh, had players, stars coming in and out of the side, which mm. was good, um, getting consistent uh, form. I'm expecting to see a similar sort of thing with the Southern Saints. Yep. This year, whether they can go all the way, though, that's going to be the, the biggest question mark when you've got someone like a Melbourne Uni who is now essentially North Melbourne's uh, reserves side in the, in the competition. They've got stars. They've been smashing teams left, right and centre, and it's only round three. Wow. Um, so it's... And then you compare also with Hawthorne, who are, are strong. They've had a poor start to the season, but they've got some stars to still come back into that side. So I don't know whether they can make it to the last day, but they're definitely going to be very, very competitive. And if I just look at that day, the, the goal kickers, Caitlin uh, Greiser, kicked two goals back at Moorabbin in round one. Mm. She was a star last year up forward for Melbourne Uni um, when she wasn't aligned to any club. Uh, probably should have been drafted. Was a little surprised she wasn't on an AFLW list for the 2019 season. I think we'll definitely be on the Saints list come the end of the year, uh, whether that's as a pre-selection or in the draft. But she's got to pull on the red, white and black, otherwise there's a big issue there. Um, and the other thing that the Southern Saints have done is they've been able to bring back a lot of talent 
that were on their list last year. A lot of the young talent mm-hmm. that did get drafted, uh, a couple of players went across to, to North Melbourne. They've now come back into the, the Southern Saints, which is a credit to them to, to demonstrate that they've actually got a good culture and they're building something fairly special. So I'm very buoyant about what they can do in the VFLW season. They're about to, to play a match against Carlton down at Frankston, which I can put, report is uh, incredibly windy, as it <laughs> usually is, um, and cold. Um, so it's not going to be a, a great for a commentary perspective, but should be a, a very interesting game, so being you're... able to go up against the side that uh, has obviously made a grand final in the AFLW. You're, are you calling that one t- this, after- or this morning, Coxie? Yeah, and uh, I can give you about 12 minutes' time. I'll be going to air with uh, Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. And it's down at 10 to 12, I think it is, this morning. Um, so that game will be live through RSN Carnival 2 on your digital radio or WARFradio.com. All right, well, we won't keep you too much longer. I just want to go back slightly for a second, Coxie. Uh, tell us quickly about the um, any father-sons for this year. Is, is Tyson Milne's boy in contention at St Kilda? Oh, no, you need to put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, Coxie. Stephen <laughs> Milne's boy, you mean. Sorry, Stephen Milne. Tyson, Tyson Milne, Milne yeah. <laughs> Stephen Milne. Tyson Milne. Yeah. Uh, just uh, having a look through the list, we'll see what his stats are for the season. He's played in three games, averaging 13 disposals, four marks, two tackles, two rebound 50s. So he's getting the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see. He probably would go late. Um, he's only played the three games so far. He'd want to have a good back half of the season if, uh, if he's to make it. Fair enough. Um, uh, the, the other one I, I know at Sandringham, Jack Marnie. I know he's a father-son selection. Yep. Um, uh, I, he should go in the, high in the draft, probably in the, the 10 to 30 range, I would think. Um, good speedy forward. Um, again, a great decision maker. Clean ball usage. Um, so expecting him to go... Yeah, as I said, in that 10 to 30 bracket, he's one to keep an eye on with the with the Dragons this year. Cool. Coxie, we've got to keep moving on, mate, but really appreciate your time this morning giving us an extra insight into how the NAB League's working out and also uh, all the good stuff that's happening with the VFLW and, and your great commentary as well, mate. Appreciate your time and, and good calling for, for the game down at Frankston today. Thank you, mate. We'd appreciate a heater if that was to be sent down. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> Good on you. Matthew Cox there, a great commentator for VFLW. Uh, well, all-round commentary, really, but VFLW is what he's uh, known for, as well as the NAB League. We're going to take a break here on Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Plenty more still to come. It's 10 minutes to 11 o'clock. John's Ambulance is a charitable organisation that's been active in Australia for over 100 years. When a crisis occurs anywhere around the country, St John's volunteers are there to help. They know that every second counts. They are ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their local communities. People with a commitment to practical and compassionate caring. Become a St John's volunteer so you too can help save lives. Call St John toll-free on 1300 360 455 for details. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon, you can hear all the latest Australian releases on the all-new Saturday Osmosis. Interviews with the artists and live studio performances. All new, all Australian, all genres, all good. All new Saturday Osmosis, every Saturday morning from 10 until noon.
Hi, I'm Adam Goods. Each year, National Reconciliation Week takes place from May 27th to June 3rd. These dates commemorate the anniversaries of the successful referendum of 1967 and the High Court decision on Mabo. But there's still more to do. This National Reconciliation Week, let's reflect on the relationships Australians and First Australians share. Make your own connections and join local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities at events across Australia. Get involved at reconciliation.org.au. Hi, I'm Pauline O'Brien, the presenter of In the Middle of an Island. Come and join me on Wizfiz Island on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon, where I just play the music that I'd love to listen to, whilst I'm just laying back in the hammock with the remote control and a lovely strawberry daiquiri. In the Middle of an Island, on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon. Plenty time to do some kissing, plenty time for lots of loving. You are indeed, this is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Carl Bianco is my name, joining me across the desk as he does every morning on a Sunday morning between 10.30 and midday is John Donahoe. Donners, uh, great to have a chat to Matty Cox there about what's going on in the NAB League and uh, also what's going on, well, uh, across the traps in the VFLW as well. Now, speaking of VFL, which we are always across on a Sunday morning. Sandringham, today they take on the Northern Blues at Marvel Stadium. It's a big day for this man who we've got joined on the line. I speak of Jake Batchelor, who will be uh, lacing up the boots and making his debut <laughs> again uh, in <laughs> VFL football with uh, Sandringham. And uh, Jake, we really appreciate your, your time this morning on Beyond the Boundary. No worries, thanks for having me, guys. Very exciting day. Jake, John Donahoe here. Uh, was it just itchy feet or you, uh, you've been planning this for a while? Uh, no, this def- definitely wasn't planned. Um, <laughs> and last minute signing on the list. No, I'm. Uh, I kept in a little bit of little bit of shape, which has given me the opportunity and um, a fair few injuries to our list. So we're just lacking a bit of old, old eyes and ears, I guess. So um, no, I'll, I'll be strapping them on. Don't know if it's going to happen very often, but um, really looking forward. to it. I, uh, I, I mean, you're only 27, so you're going to pr- provide plenty to them. Uh, but I was thinking during the week, uh, you might, you wouldn't be a bad little selection in the mid-season draft. I know you didn't nominate, but did you ever think about that? No, not really. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really enjoying my coaching at the moment. Um, I've, I've bought into that really hard over the last couple of months, and, and that's where I see myself going in the future. So this might be a one-off or, or one of a couple, but um, no, the, the mid-season draft didn't cross my mind at all. Now, you uh, had a, a great career with the Richmond Football Club at, at an AFL level, and you were a really good defender with with the Tigers. Fortunately, it wasn't to be at the end there. You, you moved on and played a season with the Dolphins, and, and now you're, you're doing some great work with Sandringham as a, an assistant defensive coach. How did that role come about? Yeah, so after I um, my time ended up at, at Richmond in, at the end of 17, I got a phone call from Adam Scrobelak, who was... Um, head coach of Franks and Dolphins at the time. Um, he was also part-time coach at St Kilda. So he okay. said, look, I'd love to get you down as a player and we'll, we'll give you one day a week at St. So I spent every every Thursday there last year, um, basically just following around the coaches and just seeing if I enjoyed it and helped out wherever I could. And yeah, one thing led to another and got a job interview and yeah, ended up there full-time at St Kilda. So um, very lucky and, and very grateful to... Um, Adam Scrobelak and, and all of the Saints coaches for, for allowing me to get in there. And how have you made the transition from player to coach? Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit uh, difficult at times. You, you, I've got to catch myself sometimes trying to 
trying to join in or trying to trying to do too much as a coach, whereas um, you just got to sit back and relax and let them do it. Um, but no, I'm really enjoying. It. I think it plays to my strengths um, more so than the playing side of things. So um, early days was a little bit of a struggle, but now finding it, finding a rhythm and yeah, really enjoying it. Jake, are you as excited as as I am about Max King and how he's developing? I know he's only played two games, but we saw some really strong stuff last week. You know, he took his last one of his last marks and last goal was he jumped over a pack three deep, and it was sort of like Nick Rewalt esque. Are you as excited as uh, as Saints fans are? Oh uh, yeah, he's, he's he's definitely going to be a great player for us long term. Um, what I really enjoyed last week though was he had a quiet first half and yeah. he got beaten playing a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. And he got the feedback from, from Aaron Hamill and, and he adjusted real quickly in that second half. And that's, that's what I really like. So it shows that he's really coachable. Yep, he's got, he's got all the skill in the world and he's a great size and understands football really well, but he's a really good listener and he can take on instructions and, and then put them into, um, into action in that second half. So that, that's what I was really excited about. You've played with some of the great forwards in, in the AFL or, and against them as well. How do you reckon Max King's going to fare in the future? Oh, it's probably too hard to say at the moment, but he's, he's 202 or 203 centimetres and um, he's quite raw at the moment, but um, anyone with his agility and his size is, is going to be pretty hard to stop going forward. So um, let's hope we see some gradual improvement and that and that can continue from today as well. So Jake, uh, listed at centre-half back, playing a rebounding defender role. Are you on restricted minutes or are you just going to play a whole game out? Uh, I'll play for the whole game, but I dare say I'll, I'll be on the bench a, a couple more times than it's been expected. So I've already apologised to the to the other six backmen saying that they might need to play a few extra minutes today. But um, I'm really hoping that what I what I don't bring in the physical side of things because I will be a little bit rusty and uh, a little bit unfit compared to, to compared to them. Um, I'll bring in the leadership and the um, clear clear mind and clarity side of things. So. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, really looking forward to it. Sammy Rowe out with a with a hand injury, but we like we one thing we like to see every week at Sandy is there's a few young blokes who get an opportunity. Anyone getting a chance to? Uh, I know Michael Batten's on the list. Uh, anyone getting a chance to uh, play today? Yeah, Kai Owens will be in the team. Yep, um, cool. young key forward. So yeah, um, great thing about Kai as well. He was ready to play last week as well. So uh, Rowe was out. Yeah, he's out with a shoulder injury that he sustained in the second quarter or first first quarter I think last week. So. Uh, yeah, so it's really exciting. A lot of these young players get to play Eddie had for their first or second oh, Marvel Stadium, sorry, for their uh, <laughs> first or first or second time. So uh, a bit more to it this week. It's not just a game at um, Trevor Barker Oval. It's there's a big crowd and big stadium and a little bit more expectation. So it'll be really good just to see how the how the young guys go. Good for you to uh, make your return to to a good quality of football uh, at Marvel Stadium, a ground that you know pretty well. Yeah, my last um, game at Richmond was at Marvel. It didn't end, didn't end great, but had a good game. And the whole team, that, that capped off a really good year for me. So, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, getting back into it. Hopefully the cast doesn't go ping in the second. But, um, no, look, I'm just standing out in front of the ground now, and it, it looks great. Jake, last one from me, um, and it's on uh, St Kilda. We we know today now that uh, Paddy McCartan's going to be placed on the long-term injury list to open up a spot for someone in the mid-season draft. Um I think it's great news that neither the club nor Paddy has indicated that retirement is an option um, and that the Saints are, are backing him in. But uh, the plan is to obviously get him right and get him going for 2020. Yeah, we we care about the, the players as people first rather than footballers. So, um, yeah, Paddy's health is, is, is number one, clearly, and he's got some good support around him. Um, but to get him to get him right to play football, we need him. We need him right as a as a person first. So his, his health comes first all the time, and 
um, plans have been put in place to, to progress that as quickly as we can. So, yeah, not sure what's going to happen with the mid-season draft, but like you said, um, it'll give us the opportunity to, um, to potentially take one, which is exciting. So you come up against the Northern Blues today. What's going to be the key to beat them? Oh, they're a really good stoppage team. So um, winning, winning the ball from stoppage, but also scoring from stoppage. And, we, and we've let ourselves down a little bit in that area the last couple of weeks. So um, we'll be really looking forward to it. They're, they're going to bounce back from their AFL result last week. A few of their, uh, their say their whole um, playing list was a part of that conversation that was that was public. So um, we're looking forward to really um, weather the rest of storm early on, and then just worry about us and get our game going. Beautiful stuff. Hey, Jake, really appreciate your time on a big day for you returning to senior footy with uh, Sandringham. We wish you all the best with your return and hopefully uh, you guys, first of all, get the win and, and we get to see you uh, pull on the boots again later on in the season when we call a game uh, at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Uh, thanks again for giving us some of your time on a big day on a match day as well. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Beautiful stuff. Jake Batchelor there. Returning to uh, the ground and putting the boots on again for Sandringham, and he's doing some great work as a defensive coach with Sandy too. So good to see. He certainly is, and uh, the stars keep coming on beyond the boundary today, Carlos. Well, they do. As to uh, to my left, we've got uh, former Carlton and North Melbourne superstar Jared Wade. Wadey, how are you? Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Wouldn't know about the superstar, but thanks for having me, guys. Uh, appreciate you getting me in on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, you did play two hundred and forty-four games. Yeah, scraped through a couple of them, but nah, <laughs> managed to uh, yeah, get a few. But um, yeah, like I said, thanks for having me, guys. Sporting a bit of a scratch on the lip. Yeah, a little bit run down, and <laughs> as you know, you get a little or a little niggle anywhere, and it just gets hit. So I got to hit it four times yesterday. So looking good at the moment. How um, how are you enjoying it? Different, obviously, different standard of footy, a lower standard for you. But um, you must be enjoying playing for St Kevin's, a pr- bit bit of a powerhouse team at the moment. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, the the Main probably difference is probably just the speed of it. it the one thing that I've noticed is just a little bit, like obviously, a little bit uh, slower than than the AFL. But mm. uh, they crack. Everyone cracks in. It's it's like any football. Everyone has a, a, a really good crack, and there's always a bit of spice in the game. So um, yeah, it's 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 been really enjoyable so far. And we had a bit of a slow start, but um, starting to get a few boys back, and we've sort of had a lot of boys coming in and out. A lot of boys playing VFL and then getting them back. So getting that real synergy sort of been hard for us but um starting to find some good form played Bernard yesterday and they came out with a real sort of aggression and sort of got us on the back foot but managed to sort of run over him in the second half but um yeah it was it's teams are coming for us which is good and we know that so it just keeps us on our toes as well so St Kevin's how did that come about uh, yeah, just so one of my good mates, his brother gave me a call and was like, listen, I know a guy from St. Kevin's, you want to have a chat? And I was like, yeah, sweet. Um, so yeah, got, uh, Nick Sweeney got in contact with me. So had a bit of a chat with him and, you know, they were sort of keen to sort of get me down there and I was like, yeah, more than happy to have a chat. And I wasn't going to go and chat to 500 footy clubs and put pe- clubs against each other. I'm, I've obviously, I was 35 at the time, 36 now, so my reality is I'm, I wasn't going to really want to travel four or five hours, go play country footy, mm. even though it's where I'm from. Knowing my, my history of injuries and, and my back and stuff, I wasn't really going to be chasing too much coin and stuff like that. So, yeah, went down there, got me a good job at Geotech. So, yeah, that's – and just sort of happened pretty naturally, happened pretty quickly and got along with the club. And ever since I've sort of been down there since night one of pre-season, I've loved every second of it. Now, you say you, say you weren't going to speak to – 
500 different clubs, you know, mm. and that's that's fine. But was it important for you, obviously, having played so much footy, you know, that you go to a club that's um, got a good culture and and also is winning? I mean, you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't have wanted to go to a club like an old Carey or a, a Dela who are maybe down the bottom of the ladder. With all due respect to them, uh, was it important for you to go to a top team? Um, not not overly. Um, don't know. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've probably never been a part of a team that's played really, yeah. like played high, sort of on the top of the ladder for long periods of time. And mm. there's been times where North, like probably uh, 15 and 14 and 15, where we sort of made that prelim and, and missed out on a couple. But that was probably the, um, never sort of had that dominant team. So it wasn't top number one on my agenda, but um, it's definitely worked out well. And it's it's good, the, probably the culture part of it, obviously, Ever since I could walk, I've been involved in footy clubs with my dad. So the the sort of footy club environment was was more important to me as well. So yeah, and like I said, St Kevin's has got a a, a really good name, and, and they've had to work hard for sort of where they are over these last probably three or four years. Have obviously hasn't always been the glory days for them, and I think that's it holds true when you hear past players and and blokes that have been around for a while that they speak. It's not this is how it's always been. It's like well, even when they speak to me and the younger boys coming through. It's it's probably an education on the history of the club. It hasn't always been like this, and we want it to obviously continue. But um, yeah, it's 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 a great club to be involved in, and and um, yeah, it's been really good. So, obviously, playing in the forward line, how do the, the youngsters around the club uh, feel having your presence in the forward line alongside them when they walk out on on game day? Wadey tells them to get out of my way. <laughs> this is my forward this is line. Mine. <laughs> you boys just run around. Nah. <laughs> Um, like we've we've got a young kid, Johnny Wood, to come down from Horsham, and we've got actually got a couple of Horsham boys that have up uh, and that are sort of playing on Werribee's list and uh, Footscray's list. So we've actually been in the Billy Kanakis's there as well. So mm. it's been pretty good because so Sean Kennedy and I are sort of just probably there the most, and then Hodgie comes down from North VFL. So we're pretty lucky in the forward line. We've got a pretty powerful little forward line group there and anyone can sort of kick goals. One of the boys, I think Kempy kicked four, five goals five, yesterday. Yeah. He's another Horsham boy. So the Horsham boys have actually all coming down and taken over. So, um, wow. yeah, but um, no, it's, I just sort of get out there and sort of play my role and put my two bobs in worth where, where it needs to be. But um, yeah, I don't, we're, we've got, we're pretty lucky in the forward line. It's not too young. Are you, I know you spoke about the speed of the game before, but are you, are you finding it a lot easier uh, than than obviously your AFL career? It, that might sound like a dumb question, but some some AFL footballers come in and go, "Oh, it's a bit harder because it is slower." But yeah. are you finding it a bit easier? I uh, wouldn't say easier. I think my fitness is probably I'm not obviously as fit as I, I ever was. Um, you've just got to be a little bit. You've, I've worked out that you've got to lead earlier. You've got to lead sort of more at the player where in the AFL system you you sort of know with because we only train two nights a week you don't do a whole lot of you know full ground movement mm-hmm. so getting that synergy between the mids and forwards has, has probably been a little bit tougher than I sort of would have I, I thought not that I thought but I didn't even realise so probably the issue is that learning when to lead to players and, and understanding that you're not going to get a hit on your chest nine out of ten times when, when you don't exactly have a Daniel Wells drilling it into your <laughs> yeah. Harvey. So yeah. that's probably the thing where you you just got to, as a forward, you've really got to work on your leading patterns and, and when to lead. So it's probably been the, um, 
one of the things. But the one thing that does save me is I've always been relatively good on on the ground. Mm. So I've been able to sort of, you know, if they are on the ground, it's I'm not out of the contest. So, uh, yeah, but that's probably the one. Just You just got to change. You do have to change your game because you, it's it's completely different. In Not completely different, yeah. but it's a, a fair bit different. 22 goals for you this year. You'd be enjoying the uh, the smaller grounds, 40-metre lines instead of 50. You can just bomb it long oh. and uh, sail, it, sail it into the goals. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. I mean, the, the range is the 40 is the now the 50 for yeah, me. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it's been good. It's it's. I like the smaller grounds, and it just means you don't have to run as far. And we, we played out at... Um, uh, where we play the other week, um, which is the same size as I think, Trinity. We played at Trinity. Yeah, that's apparently the same size as the MCG. So that wasn't ideal. Running around <laughs> trying to run up defensive defensive acts are you really going those days were Oh <laughs> mate, hundred percent. Marty's giving me a spray for not chasing. I'm like, <laughs> that was in the contract, not to chase. But anyway, um, nah. So no, it's 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 really been really good, and it, it's good to enjoy your footy. And you know, it's little things that we can. Straight after a game, boys bring a couple of beers and, you know, mm. just get mm. that sort of real culture back and yeah. the real genuine footy clubs. Uh, I want to run through a few names. I've been sent by uh, a Collegians man, actually, yeah. who uh, he we marvel at because we, we sit down and we talk about Vaffa week to week and we yeah. marvel at the players coming through your twos. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about Corboy, Parks, Guineas and Matt Arnott, all in the twos. Yeah. Uh, I think Guineas is a premiership player, Parks, Parks. is a premiership player. Yeah. So, yeah, Matt I mean, Arnott, and, a former AFL listed player with the Tigers too, I, I believe. I think so. Yeah, but, so Arnott, Biscuit, Arnott, Biscuit yeah. just got him down for this week. So yeah. he's just come back from a pretty, uh, he tore his adductor off the bone. Ooh. So he's just sort of coming Ooh. off that. He played his first game yesterday uh, in the twos, um, put up a little bit tight in the calf. So they put him on ice pretty much yeah. straight away. Uh, yeah, Big H, he's... He played a first couple of games, but as I said, we've unfortunately for them, we're getting some boys coming down from the VFL yeah. that all play sort of forward. And I think he, he kicked five goals last week, six, wow. sorry, seven goals last week. Kicked, I can't, remember, I don't know what what he kicked yesterday. They had a pretty good win, so yeah. And Corboy, yeah, it's just it probably shows the strength of, of our team that, that you got boys like that, and even Gleason playing in the twos, twos as yeah. well. So. It's uh, it's a good place to be as a as a overall as a footy club mm. individually for those boys. It, it's tough, but um, yeah, it's it's you'd rather be in that position than. So if we do, if a couple of those boys do go up, if and we we've got kids that can come in and and play the role, and and you know that you know what you're going to get from them. And you got Mitch Brown to come back as well. Yeah, so, so Mitch, yeah, <laughs> it gets like, it, it's it, even harder for these kids. Yeah, and then he's obviously slots into the midfield. I, I don't know if he wants to change his role up a little bit this year, but um. Yeah, he um, we played old Kerry the other week, and he decided to go because he was travelling for he was doing a marathon. He decided to do twenty k's before the game, <laughs> got tagged, and so uh, yeah. But no, it'd be good to get Mitchy back. He's obviously uh, doing a lot for his for his work. So the club just he's done a lot for the club over the last few years. So the club just said, mate, you go and do that. And footy's not the priority at the moment, but when you want to come back and play, then we'll uh, we'll happily take him. TH King Oval, yep. home ground. How do you find that? Nice setup down there. It's very nice setup. Yeah, very. Uh, I love the suburban footy. It, it's good like that. Got the family down. Got the parks. Bring the dogs. It's 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 a really nice ground. The center the center can be interesting. We had a couple of weeks ago had a, a fair bit of rain and it turned into an absolute mosh pit. Now yeah. it's an ice skating rink. So um, they're the things you got to get used to. But um, no, lovely ground. Um, 
just yeah, you've got the power lines, which is, brings a bit of serenity. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I forgot but, about them. But uh, no, it's 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 a lovely ground, and, and as I said, it's a it's a great place to watch. You've got obviously relatively new club rooms, which as I said before, it always hasn't been like that. But um, we're we're sort of reaping the rewards of the hard work. Speaking to St Kevin's forward Jared White, uh, Wadey. I want to talk to you about a couple of other teams. Uh, there was something that went out on the Vaffle website uh, the other day, and it was ranking sort of the three, the big three this year. Yeah. St. Kevin's, Old Zavs, Uni Blues. Now, you you guys lost to Old Zavs, my boys, yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago, but you were severely undermanned. Have you played Uni Blues yet? Yeah, so we yeah. played Uni Blues the other, the other week. We, we got over the top of them. So, so who, was... how do you rate both the Zavs and Uni Blues? Would you put one ahead of the other? <sighs> no, they're... They they both play relatively similar, so they they sort of like using the ball, sort of the the, the chipping chipping sort of go. So um, yeah, it's those sort of teams. You know, if you've got if you got your full team together, then you you'll go all right. But you know that they've got really good lists as well. So uh, they were missing. I think Uni Blues were missing a couple as well. But um, yeah, it's just they're they're really strong, and and you know sort of what you're going to get when you rock up. You know, it's. There's obviously a lot of history between the clubs and stuff like that, so there's a bit going on, which is always fun. But um, yeah, I obviously we beat uh beat them, but yeah, probably probably Uni Blues I think seem to be going pretty well. Did you um did you see a lot of when you played the old Zavs, Rowan Buick? Because he's had a he's had a pretty pretty strong year for the old Zavs, uh, and obviously straight out of the AFL. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of his of his work? Yeah, see midfielder. Yeah, yeah, number yeah. one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, so I'm obviously pretty bad with the with the names and stuff <laughs> at the moment in the opposite team. Yeah. Let alone trying to learn not two hundred two hundred people. You might have played against him in the AFL as well. Yeah, for Bri- when oh. he was playing at Brisbane. So yeah, um, I'm pretty bad. I was pretty bad back then too. <laughs> you didn't get the so, um, record out. No, before. no, I wasn't exactly. You know, I don't keep stats on who's wearing each other's boots. Sorry like, to throw you like, under the bus. Nah, there. that's all right. <laughs> but no, it's. You've you just get some really bull sort of mids in there, and you know there's a couple of big ruckmen that sort of get it, and they go to work, and um, it's and that's what you love about sort of football in general. You just see players that play their role, and and like I said, there's some quality players that come in and and play their role, and it's I think that's what makes a Vaffa so good and and so so good to watch is just that you're getting some really good players that are in, and yes, they probably. If they really put their mind to it, they might have been able to go higher. But a lot of them, you know, like a lot of them work and a lot of them have career op- options that are, that's where their focus is. So it's you're getting, it's not like you're getting the duds of teams. You're getting the cream of the crop mm. of the schools and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a good standard of football. Definitely. Well, what we might do while you're here, Jared, we'll get your thoughts on uh, William Buck and, and some of your opponents that you're coming up against. Yep. And we'll start by taking a look at the game yesterday. You played at home against St. Bernard's, 2014-134, defeating them 9-15-69. As you said, uh, Kempe kicked five goals, Kanakis with three, Sullivan with three, Kennedy with two. And you chimed in with with two there. Uh, that's, a, that's a bad day for you, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> we won, so it doesn't matter. It's not about Wade. Yeah, it's well about correct. Well done, thank you. Uh, and we'll have a look at Saint, well. <laughs> Saint Bernard's. The multiples for them: Grig uh, with three, Caruso with two there as well. Uh, how did you see Saint Bernard's? Yeah, like a, they're a little bit undermanned. Obviously, Adam Bentick. We played with each other at Carlton. Um, he's he was a big out for them because he's. A contested beast. They, his nickname used to be Bench. He could bench, <laughs> he could bench press more than anyone. So uh, yeah, obviously. And then they came out really hard. They had a feeding contract. 
Um, bit of spite in the game, and then after half, sort of, we just had to grind it out that first half, and then after half time, I think we kicked seven goals to zip in the third quarter. Mm, you doubled um, your score from half time to yeah, so and then sort of run out in that last quarter to get a pretty good win in the end. But yeah, um, obviously they've just come up from from underneath, but they're. I don't think they'll get relegated or anything like that. They're, they're looking strong and they just need to get a couple of sort of players back and, and I think they'll be really strong. You, you've played them at home. You haven't had a chance to go out to the snake yeah, pit, Yeah, wait till you go out to the snake uh, pit. Mate, snake pit's fine by me because it's about <laughs> 10 minutes from home. Oh, so I don't mind the snake pit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Well, uh, that's something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. here we go. So. Uh, old Zabs, 14-20-104, defeated Old Carey, 3-6-24. Will Ham's his first game, former bomber. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and he's in, his, in yeah. the best in his first game. Uh, yeah. Berwick with three, Prowse with two, Brown with two, Handley and two, multiples for Old Zavarians. None for Old Carey, Evans, Mackey and Leon named in the best there. Christian now. Jack's playing for Carey as well. Yeah, former big Carl, boy. Yeah, yeah, former Carl. We didn't play together, but um, yeah, we played them last week and... Big boy and, and they, pretty bullish, and if he's one of those barometer, I think he's a barometer for them. If he if he gets up and going early, then then you know they can get it. But um, they are having a tough year, though. Yeah, very tough yeah. by the looks of it. I and, mean, I think you guys you guys beat them by plenty. I think they only kicked what three goals, four goals against you last yeah, week. They've kicked yeah. three this week, so yeah. So they're they're obviously in a in a tough spot at the moment. But um, yeah, they've got some quality players. They certainly do. Good stuff. Now the other results. From the round, oh, I don't know what's going on here. I might have to actually go back to the fixture uh, and <laughs> have a look on, at Carlos. match. Then. No, no, it's not my so fault. Old, old Trinity took on uh, took on Collegians. Now, Collegians is one I wanted to ask you about. You would have heard about the rivalry. The last two grand finals yeah. have been Collegians Scobs. Yeah, it's been a kick in it. Um, and obviously, Collegians haven't started the year well this year, but now now sit fourth and really moving. Taylor Hunt's back in the side. Yeah, oh, I've got um, it. Have you good. been told? Have you have you been told much about the rivalry between you guys and Collegians? We obviously played them round one, yeah. so um, yeah, it was. It's funny because you, you see when when you're training, you don't really you know you don't really speak about other teams and stuff like that. And obviously, it's a bit different in the AFL. You're not sort of doing reviews on mm. other yeah. teams and that all preseason. So. Yeah, but then when sort of that Tuesday Thursday came around before round one, it was like, all right, like there's there's a bit going on here, and then obviously we revealed our flag from last year, yep. and and they actually got off to a really good start in that game and sort of jumped us, and we sort of had a really good third quarter and sort of got over the top of them. But yeah, you can you don't you can just tell when when teams have sort of got that sort of you know really strong rivalry, and mm. and yeah, so probably um. We will probably play. We'll play them in another couple of weeks, and they'll, they're obviously in a bit better form. Yeah. Feel like we're in a bit better form as well. So, um, yeah, it should be a, 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 another really good contest. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of collisions, we've got the results here now. Eleven, twelve, seventy-eight. Yesterday, they defeated uh, Old Trinity nine ten sixty-four. For Old Trinity, Polidorus kicked three, Wood kicked two, and Steinhardt kicked two. They were the multiples for Old Trinity. Emery, Hunt, and Steinhardt named in the best there. For Collegians, Doherty had two, Papadopoulos had two, Hibbins, Sullivan, and Papadopoulos named in the best there. Yeah, so tough times for Trinity at the moment, but Collegians motoring, and um, they they will be they will be a factor, as we've said all along. St. Kevin's, yeah. Even when St. Kevin's were losing two, two, they lost those two games in a row, we, we knew they'd bounce back. Collegians were another one that yep. once they got Taylor Hunt back, once they got players back from injury, um, they're going to be a real powerhouse again. Looks what? like Trinity had a good last quarter, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, five goals. They've, lost, five a lot, goals to they've one. lost a lot of talent, though, yep. Trinity. They, they lost their captain, Yeti. 
last year for, yeah. and lost him this year. So um, it's put they're sort of starting again. But yeah. um, they haven't been blown away much this year, which is good. Definitely. Uh, and Old Brighton yesterday, 11 6 and in the closest one mm. from uh, the results well, in William Buck yesterday. Well, they drew last week. They beat you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So Old Brighton just hanging in there a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, they've beaten Old Melburnians 9 17 at the Brighton Beach Oval yesterday. And, well, Lewis kicked five goals for them. Dewar kicked two. The multiples for Old Melburnians, Destiga and Banner. Uh, Old Brighton's best were Lewis, King and Yorgi. And for Old Melbourne, Gibbons, Dash and Destiga named in the best there. Lewis kicking five has uh, knocked you off the top of the uh, the Coleman medal tally. <laughs> ah, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to kick a bag next week. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, I want to ask you quickly, Just we'll come back to the VAF at one sec. I want to ask you about your former coach, Brad Scott, Yep. who... Um, Ended his career, uh, well, not ended his career. He, oh, that's a bit he, stiff, John. <laughs> time he, at, time t- at North. Ended his time at North yesterday yeah. um, in sort of weird circumstances, I, I felt. Um, did you get any, have you spoken to him? Have you sent him a text or anything? No, I obviously was aware of something was happening on the Friday night just from watching footy. And mm. then um, it was funny, I spoke to Mason Wood on Thursday. Yeah. Everything was fine. Mm. Just obviously preparing for. For the doggies and felt like they were going to be all right. And then, yeah, that, then sort of yes, yesterday sort of heard that it was official, that he, he was sort of done. And then um, sort of watching a little bit last night and then obviously a few boys had no idea, which is mm. which probably I found a bit a bit yeah. strange. I, I, that's probably where if I was in their situation, in their shoes, I'd be pretty annoyed that... Wanting answers. The, yeah, yeah, like the players. And I understand that there's due diligence what's going on but I, I feel like the coach of your footy club and you're the players I think you guys should be the first to know mm. like and then obviously there's admin and stuff like that but um, yeah so but I, I spoke to one of the boys that I was going to try and catch up with one of them just for a coffee and they're in the club at the moment so he's got a presser at 12 yeah so I think, so I think all the all the boys would be in there obviously would have had a recovery in that but um, yeah it's it's a little bit bizarre but the way I, I really love Scotty as a coach and he was really, really good for me. He sort of gave me a lot of confidence in, in sort of how to how to get my game sort of going consistently. But um, the one thing that I've always really rated about him, he, and, it, and he hasn't just said it this week, he sort of said it through the whole time he's been there, he knows that if he's not the right man for the job, he will more than happily just walk away. So, which I think that's probably what's happened. He might have had a frank conversation with the club and the club would have said to him, he's pretty honest, we've... You, you speak to Boomer, he's always been pretty honest with Boomer with where he was at and all the other players, especially with the older crew. Um, so I think it would have walked in. They would have said, listen, we're not sure if you're going to coach next year. And he just would have said, well, if that's the case, then then you might as well start looking. And mm. But obviously that's only my opinion. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a chat. I'll give him a call, sorry, during the week or a text. And there's probably about 400 people, <laughs> 400,000 people going and sort of getting in contact with him. But... <laughs> I think it's it's good for the club because now they can, you know, focus. If he had to stay there the rest of the year, then it's like, will Brad Scott be there, won't he? Yeah. It just creates that negativity. And, and the, the players can move on. Yeah, and, and then, and obviously it's it's a little bit bizarre, but it's the way football is these days. It's, like I said, if, if, if they don't think he's a man for the job and he doesn't think he's a man for the job, then why why hang around? Why just wait waste six months? Um, so, yeah, I think... It'll be good for him. He might be able to just go away, chill out with his family, sort of 
put his name out there. Now it's now his name's out there if he wants to coach or if he wants to go and assistant coach, whatever he wants to do. He might want to do something completely different and vice versa. The club now can go, all right, there's obviously a job we can sort of, you know, it's out there that they're looking for a senior coach. I'm not sure who's going to take Reece, over. Reece Shaw. Is he? Reece Shaw looks like he's yeah, going to okay. be the um, caretaker yep. coach. So he's obviously just, this is his first yep. year here. So that might be really good because yep. he's a he's a totally fresh eyes to the footy club. He's come from obviously up, up north. Uh, obviously a very respected name in, in assistant coach. Being relatively young, I think yep. he'd probably only be a couple of years older than me. And he's coached the Sydney Nafel yeah. side as well. So, so he knows what he's doing. Exactly. So he's probably has a, a really good understanding of probably that younger generation that's yeah. coming through. So, um, yeah, like I said, there's now, if they don't win another game for the year, then there's no pressure on them. But if they go really well, you know, then then there's no negativity. And I think that's that's what, as a club, and you don't want that negativity. You don't want it hanging over your head. You don't want it like every every news article being, where's Brad Scott this week? Yep. You know what I mean? So it just, yep. and that builds on players and it builds on the club and, just brings negative. Obviously, brings negativity into the club. But yeah, it's it's a little bit bizarre. But uh, we'll probably look back at this in a year's time and go. Might have been it's a good be- a be- best decision for both both parties. And mm. if that's the way if that's the way they felt, then then they've done it. You'd have to feel for some of your former teammates, though, because you think about it. This is a coach that you've you've formed your season around, and you're expecting to play under him for the full season. If they didn't have that confidence in Brad Scott to take them to the next level, having been there for so long. Why do you reckon they didn't make that decision at the start of the year and say, hey, Brad, look, we understand that you've uh, you've, you've done a fair bit for this football club. We love what you're about and you've, you've served us really well, but we think now's the time for us to part ways mutually uh, instead of doing it mutually 10 seasons into a footy season. I think at the start of the year they... they we're pretty happy with the way it was all going, weren't they? Like, what did we finish? We think we just finished out of the ninth, ninth, ninth. yeah, finished ninth last year. Uh, had a few injuries and stuff. Um, so I think looking back there, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even when he, before he did the last contract, there was a little bit of yeah, is will will it happen? Won't it happen? Yeah. So, uh, and it was only a two year extension, which is a little bit strange for a coach. Usually, it's at least three. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it might have been on the cards, and they might have had conversations back then said listen like definitely sign you for another two years but if it if we're sort of not going to get in if we're not improving then we might have to look elsewhere so it's not people have to understand this hasn't just come out of the blue this is obviously conversations that's happened and even sort of only personal experience when i was retiring last year i didn't just walk into the office one day and go i'm retiring yeah i had a conversation with brad we we sort of spoke we was sort of you know, in dialogue for a year and a half, two years about it all. So mm. it's not like it just comes out of nowhere. So, um, but yeah. Do, do you think coaches are sort of unfairly scrutinised? I mean, he's been there for 10 years and a lot of people say it's probably too long, but he got you to two, he got North Melbourne to two prelims in a row. Yep. Um, you finished fourth, I think three times under him. I mean, you finished ninth about five times as well. So, yep. but, and obviously everywhere in between, but He's he, he hasn't been a bad coach for North and he gave that belief back to them in a time when they weren't going well. Yeah, and he's and obviously there's a little bit of negativity around at the moment, but looking forward in three or four years' time, they'll look back at this time and go, That was a really positive time for the footy club. Mm. Obviously there was issues where they wanted to move the club up, up to, to the Gold Coast and then he sort of came in at a time where it wasn't it was all pretty doom and gloom and he sort of 
worked his way into it and sort of got him into a really good position. Obviously, James Brayshaw helped out too. So they sort of brought them up from some some pretty dark times. So yeah, he's been a great um, great coach to have for the club because when he came in, he was from I believe he came from. Collingwood, yep. so he's under Mick, so he had a really good understanding of, of the coaching game. So I think he's done well. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it's it, the clubs look at your your wins and losses, and if you're not sort of winning, and they think they can get someone else in, and it's a cutthroat industry. Mm. It's cutthroat for players. Mm. It's cutthroat for coaches. So it's they are hardly judged by, but it's that's the way it is these days. It's a business. We saw we saw final one from me. We saw. Ben Cunnington in tears yesterday. We, you know, we heard from uh, Jack Zebel saying it was a sort of it was a weird situation. Um, do you think the players were genuinely just stunned by what they had heard coming to the game, thinking that all right, he's going to be our coach for the rest of the year, and then actually finding out just before the game that he was gone? Yeah, especially when the speculation comes the Friday night. So when. A lot of boys would watch the Friday night footy, and you know, and then it comes out. Oh, Brad Scott's apparently said that he's 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 leaving, and the boys would have been like, I know what I was like. I was like, well, if the players don't know and it hasn't been announced, then what's going on? So yeah, I know. Um, I actually saw Ben Cunnington do an interview with with Kingy after the game, which is very rare. So, but uh, because he doesn't really do media, but yeah, he looked he looked genuinely shocked, and I think that's the thing. It's it's. Cunners is some of those boys have that's, they've been his only coach, and yeah. I know like that when you've had a coach for a long time, you know them personally as a coach, and they know you personally as a player. And I've, Ben and um, Scotty have had a lot of like to do outside of football as well. So a lot of, especially when Cunners and Zebes were younger, they couldn't run to save themselves. When they had the yeah. red vest, they they were literally swapping because they couldn't get through a whole game. Yeah. But the, he persisted with them and got them fit, and now they're arguably two of our best contested ball and contested ball winners and now they've chucked Jack back into the midfield he's playing a really good role and obviously Cunners is a contested beast so if if you don't have a player like that who cares about the players they could have just shipped them two off yeah. five or six years ago and no one would have thought second of it but he put the time into it so those boys have got a lot and that's probably why you could see that those boys are physically upset they would spend more time at the club than they do at home yeah, so yeah, that's what yeah. people don't understand he said it's, it's like, like losing a family yeah member. And, 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 yeah. and it is and you go for and it's like it's when you retire you go from seeing boys day in day out 300 or oh, 300 days of the year to not like seeing them it's, it's yeah. completely different so it's um yeah you could see why some of them obviously the younger boys probably not as much because you, when i remember when i when my first coach got the sack that was um, wayne britain mm. I was just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, no, but I, I had no relationship with him. Yeah. But, but then when Dennis got, he, I had tennis for ten years yeah. or eight years or something, and he, he was like, he was really good for me. Then you were kind of like, oh, this is brutal. Yeah. And then as it all, like, then you sort of you realise, all right, footy's, yeah, the footy's always sort of loyal. But then there's there's times when it goes pretty brutal. Yeah, and I get the feeling that Scotty won't be unemployed for very long. Nah. In fact, I think I know. I think he knows what his next move is, and I think that might be if if Brendan Bolton's gone from Carlton. I think it's just going to be Scotty straight in. Oh, look, there's there's 
no doubt that he's got a great football resume, Brad Scott. So, you know, we wish him all the best with his future endeavours. Uh, unfortunately, what's unfolded is, is rather unfortunate. Mm. But he's, as I said, he's got a good football brain and a good football resume. So, no doubt he'll he'll definitely end up at another club at some point. I, I did hear uh, on a radio station in the last 24 hours, though, uh, a great of the game in, in Lee Matthews, his former coach, say it's probably not a bad idea that Scotty maybe take a year off yeah. and, mm-hmm. and just sort of make observations uh, and, and that second time round coaches are a lot better second time round so I, I tend to agree with that analysis from Lethal well ma- yeah maybe I mean we're, Wayne Britton yeah. uh, sorry not Wayne Britton Brett Ratton yeah. so he obviously was and, do, and doing Moss. a relatively good job at, yep. at, the, at the Blues at the mm. time obviously yep. played under him they got rid of him and then he's gone and been assistant coach at Hawthorne obviously learned after Clarkson Yeah. so yeah it's not a bad call but I think the difference between probably Scotty and those that Scotty's entrenched, so he's he hasn't been there three or four years. He's been no, there yeah. ten. Ten. Yeah. So he's. I don't think he'll be able to. He'll. I definitely think he'll spend this next ten weeks or however long it is, really analysing and looking at clubs and trying to work out. Because when you sort of you know you get the tunnel vision of your football club, now he'll be able to yeah. open his eyes and look at every footy club in a different light, not as a comp- yeah. not as a competitor, but almost of a. What are they doing well? What are they yeah. doing wrong? Yeah. Where can we get... So, and I think I think a lot of footy clubs, if they do, if they are looking for another coach, that'll be the first person they call. Yeah. I think because he's highly sought after, and and people people think he's a good communicator as well. Yep. So, and you'd know, you'd yeah, know very, better than he very was, good. So. Yeah, yeah. Wait, well, I appreciate you uh, having a chat about that because it has been difficult uh, circumstances unfolding there at your former football club and. When we did lock you in to have a chat this morning, we obviously didn't think these un- uh, events were <laughs> no. going to unfold, but fortunately... Oh, but thank timing you. is everything. Thanks yeah, for your honesty. Uh, no, no we appreciate your comments on that and appreciate you coming in today. We've, we've really uh, enjoyed having you in and, yeah. and hopefully down the track when St. Kevin's gets to the pointy end of the season, we can get you on the phone for a chat and yeah, no worries. see how things are travelling. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming in. This no morning. worries. Thanks, boys. Greatly appreciate it. And, um, again. Look forward to... Yeah, seeing how St. Kevin's go with you there. Not too well, though. <laughs> Not too well. Zavs, imagine a Zavs and Kevin's How the Saints going to go today? I'm worried. I'm wor- I am worried. Simpson, Simpson backspin. Yeah. They, the uh, they've been banged around, Carlton, mm. and this could be the one that they win. So. We did have a chat to Jakey Bachelor before, yeah. and he seemed pretty under the lid there. I'm nervous, but I, I guess I'm nervous about every St. Kilda game every week, so... <laughs> Jerry Wade, good on you, mate. Thanks again. This is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Back after this short break. Do you like an old-fashioned trash and treasure market with everything from plants to pre-loved clothing, homewares to crafted jewellery and much more? Then join us at Bentley Sunday Market, 7am to midday every Sunday at Bent Street Car Park next to Bentley Station. All proceeds go to community projects of Bentley Moorabbin Central Rotary Club. Mention Southern FM for a free cloth shopping bag online at bentleymarket.org. Southern FM sponsor. Imagine your life if you couldn't see and also couldn't hear anything. Incredibly, deaf blindness now affects over 288,000 Aussies and costs the community $7 billion a year. I'm Duncan Armstrong. I'm proudly supporting ABLE Australia because they're helping many Australians living with deaf blindness. You can help too by visiting ableaustralia.org.au or calling 1300 225 369. That's 1300 225 369. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon... 
You can hear all the latest Australian releases on the all-new Saturday Osmosis. Interviews with the artists and live studio performances. All new, all Australian, all genres, all good. All-new Saturday Osmosis, every Saturday morning from 10 until noon. Why do more than 5 million Australians do some form of voluntary work? Well, because most say they want to help others in their community. If you're like them and been thinking about volunteering, then check out govolunteer.com.au. There are more than 11,000 positions listed, so you can find one that suits your interests, skills, availability and location. And what's more, it's free. Just remember govolunteer.com.au, the easy way to volunteer. We're Lana and Penny. Join us on The Vibe every second Sunday, 12 to 2pm on 88.3 Southern FM. The Vibe is all about health and happiness. It certainly is. And we talk about things a bit like this. Drawn to join... <laughs> Good Lord. Blah, 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 blah. Put your teeth back in, Pen. <laughs> Where's the turkey? God. <laughs> there we go. Remember, Remember get happy and stay happy on The Vibe. Sounds of the Bayside, 88.3 Southern FM. You're listening to Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. That was a great chat. Oh, absolutely. The honesty and the just the, the insight from a bloke who's played 244 AFL games, you know. And, 377 and, goals. Yep, and coming back and playing local footy and, and doing it for the love because he wants to play footy, you mm. know, is great. And and he's a great bloke and uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll chat to him again throughout the year. Definitely, and uh, if you did just join us here at 88.3, this is Beyond the Boundary, and you just missed a great chat with Jared Waite, great honest chat as well. Obviously, we didn't uh, foresee the circumstances that unfolded within the North Melbourne Football Club, but having played for them, uh, he certainly uh, provided some great insight on how the the group would be feeling after the events that unfolded there, and you can catch that online. Yeah, we'll put Uh, the podcast up A little bit later on. Now, Donners, I had a theme for today. Oh, you did? I haven't quite gone to it, so I'm wondering whether I should... Put yeah, it out there now. It out. Why, why not? Why not? Okay. We'll get some texters in. Righto. 0404-000-736. That's the number. We'd love to hear from you in this next half an hour while we're still on air. We're still going to have a look at some of the results from the Southern Football Netball League and the remainder of the results, results from the Ammos. But the theme I had in mind this week is what uh, footballer's number did you choose for yourself because you love that footballer? 12. 12? Why? Tell me why. Nick Rewalt. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And Ma- No, Max King. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bit <laughs> no, early for that. Mate. I've always been, I, I've always been um, a low number. I've always loved low numbers, yeah. but it has to be. It also has to be. Yeah, I'll say it has to be an even number. But then I'm going to say I also love the number seven because of Lenny Hayes. Yeah. Then I had. Uh, then I go. I I used to really love ten, and that was because of Stephen Baker. Bakes, and, we should get him yeah, in one week. We should get Bakes, local in. boy. Um, but then it's a, there was one game where we got a bag of jumpers, and it was all numbers from twenty to seventy five or something. Oh. So I ended up going with thirty five because of Robert Harvey. Oh, good one. Yeah. So good call. So I I, I tend to. M- do all my numbers around St Kilda superstars. Yeah. yeah. I was the same growing up playing footy. I used to... Braden Maynard's number? I, believe it or not, I did have <laughs> Braden Maynard's number. Um, there we go. For a little while, but that was actually my old man's number as oh, well when he go. played footy. Okay. He wore number 37 for a little while. Fair so enough. 
I did wear that at one point, but I also uh, wore number three after Brett Delidio, yes. who was an idol of mine until he decided to do the dirty and go to GWS Ooh. and not play in Richmond's first grand no. final in 32 years. It'll be interesting to see if we get some text in about that, but um, yeah. yeah, well, hopefully, what, what number did you pick uh, to play in? To play in when you were yeah, playing footy, yeah. Well, when you're playing yeah. footy, or what you yeah. wear right now. Did you have a Did you have a specific number you wanted every week? Favorite number. Yeah, favorite yeah. number. I, I can recall wearing number three, but I also where I could try to get number twelve as well after yep. Richo. Yep. The great Matthew Richardson. Twenty three is a popular one as well. Cosy. Yep. Or yep. Uh, Cozzy, Kane Lambert. Stuart Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a few. Buddy. Buddy, yeah. <laughs> Famous number 23. Anyway, the Shane list goes Warne. on and on. If we don't get any entries this week, we might try it again next week because yeah. we did bring it up late in the show. We even haven't gotten to Inside the Four Walls, but that's usually Bugs' domain, yeah, so we might right. leave we'll that wait, till next wait, week. Next week yeah. We're going to get through some of these results, and we'll go back to Premier B, where yesterday, Banksy Reserve, Bo Morris, 7-4-46, were defeated by St. Bede's Mentone Tigers, 9-7-62. Good to see the Beta boys get back on the winning's lists. That's, Gregory, a lo- that's a local rival if I've ever seen oh, God, by yeah. Morris and some beads. Oh, yeah. Next door to each other. Yeah, that, this is, well, hasn't always been a, uh, a rival. Or it definitely has been, but they haven't always been in the same division to yeah. be able to play yep. against each other in the yep. rivalry. So, uh, yes, this is a, a good result for St. Beads and certainly would have been a good day enjoyed by all yesterday at Banksky Reserve, but uh, the multiples for Bo Morris, Grigory Artis with two. He was the only multiple. Virtue, Diggins, and Di Natale named in the best there. And for St. Ben's Mentone Tigers, Tyquin with two, Kaya with two, and Barber with two. Mangoni and Mangoni named in the best with Dance as well. Well, uh, the next result we will take a look at. Old Halebury, 8-16-64 yesterday, travelled to Frearson Oval and were defeated by Monash Blues, 12-5-77. Bad kicking for Old Halebury. It's let them Costing down. The game. It let them down, unfortunately. Rossetti was three for Monash Blues. King with three. Uh, Seckle. And Hardeman with two. Yeah, Seckle with four for uh, Old Halebury in the only multiple. Mm-hmm. Oh, if that doesn't uh, spell a VFL call up again, I, I don't agree. know what it does. I agree. He's been in good form He's for been Old Halebury. Very good form. Very good form. Good result for uh, Monash Blues there. Ooh, this is a disappointing result for Parkdale yesterday. 4 6 30. Jerry Green Reserve were defeated by Caulfield. 17 8 110. Ooh. No multiples for Parkdale. Harley Ballick, uh, Hale... Again in the best. And Vorbach named in the best for Parkdale. Jackie Vorbach, there you go. Jackie Vorbach. Uh, for Caulfield, Page kicked five, Stewart kicked four, Osborne three. They won the multiples there. They're, they're motoring Caulfield. Mm. They're doing really well. Oh, I, I can't see uh, B. Goddard anyway. No. Well, he played a he played a cashy last week. Mm. So hopefully he's not too far away. Peterson, Lachlan and Page named in the best there for Caulfield. Uh, oh, we'll read this one out because the Roy boys of old. 9-11-65 yesterday were defeated by Old Geelong at Como Park. And that was the end of the results from Premier B, the results that uh, we bring you every Sunday morning. All right, a quick look at Premier C before we take our last break here on Beyond the Boundary and head towards the pointy end of the program by covering the SFNL. And yesterday... Tough day at the office for both these teams. This is ugly for Hampton Rovers. 4 15 39 were defeated by Old Ivanhoe. 17 9 111. Scuderi with 4 for Ivanhoe. Scock with 3. Marshall 3. Wellham 3. Shepherd with 2. Goff, McIntyre, and Del Monte in the best there for Old Ivanhoe. For the Rovers, Bradford kicked 3 goals. 
Jones, Prosser, and Crisp in the best there. That is an ugly result. Yeah, not good. Not good. Oh, hopefully the Rovers can bounce back next week. Uh, the Monders. Orman, Orman as well. Well, high-scoring game, it's fair to say. 11 14 80. That's not a bad result on the point system for uh, for Orman, but Williamstown were just too good. 2019 139. Could have pumped them. Whew. Mason kicked three for Orman. Buckley with two. Benson, McCartney, and Bingham named in the best for 39 Orman. shots at goal. Uh, Jeez. Uh, <laughs> compared to Orman's 25. Yeah. Williamstown, CYMS, uh, Jones kicked seven. A lazy seven. Fairly kicked three. Gray kicked three. Chan kicked two. And Lloyd kicked two as well. Blackney, Jones, and Tucker named in the best there for Williamstown. Uh, Ajax yesterday, 19-11-125. Back on the winner's list against Old Camberwell, 6-5-41. Wow. Lou kicked eight goals. Routman kicked five. Valman kicked two. Shapiro, Lewis, and Lou named in the best for Ajax. Uh, for Old Camberwell, Bennett had the three. Bennett, Huntsman, and Parker, uh, Parker in the best there. And the final game that uh, we've got a result from is Old Mentonians narrowly getting over Marcelin. 9-11-65, defeating Marcelin 8-15-63. Boyd kicked three goals for Old Mentonians. Uh, and for Marcelin, Antipas How and How were the multiples with three and two respectively. Gorman, Damon, and Chapman the best for Old Mentonians for De, uh, Marcelin, Deluca, Dennis, and Vaney. That is there you go. our C. Premier C wrap up for uh, this week and our ammo's wrap up for this week as well. Oh four oh four triple zero seven three six. That's the number you can get us on this morning. We'd love to hear from you still. What's your uh, favourite? number that you tend to choose as a player or did choose as a player in your football career. And are you superstitious about it if you don't get that number? Yes. You know, do you do you worry? Are you a bit superstitious about not wearing that number? Yeah, I can't remember what number I ended up with in my last days playing for Dela, uh, but fair to say it didn't exactly help me. I remember <laughs> going out, I think, I don't know if I've told this story or not, but I went out to Mazenod. It was our only win of the season. Our regular coach had the week off, so we had the director of sport coaching us this week. <laughs> Uh, I was obviously centre-half bench for a lot of the game yep. because he tended to play the players that were uh, probably a, a, a tad, a tad more talented than what I was. <laughs> you were talented, Carlos. Uh, I was talented on that centre-half bench getting stats for the side. I certainly <laughs> was. Anyway, so <laughs> I've uh, I've come onto the forward line, had no pressure on me whatsoever, mm. but I've... <laughs> <laughs> I've snagged a couple right in front of goal I've sprayed the kick and kicked the behind and gotten dragged and not oh, gone on for the rest of the day see you later <laughs> see you later anyway we're, <laughs> we're going to take a break on that note this is Beyond the Boundary here on 88.3 Southern FM your home of local footy in 2019 when we come back we'll have a look at what happened in the Southern Football and Netball League it's a quarter to midday if you're feeling alone or isolated and you're caring for someone with a mental illness you must reach out. The first step is just reach out through the same forums. It's totally anonymous. You are in a safe environment. You're in an environment which is moderated. You're not the only one out there living it. There are so many of us carers out there. For online support and connection for people affected by mental illness, visit saneforums.org. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon... You can hear all the latest Australian releases on the all-new Saturday Osmosis. Interviews with the artists and live studio performances. All new, all Australian, all genres, all good. 
All new Saturday Osmosis, every Saturday morning from 10 until noon. I'm Grace. I'm Gabe. We're We're Scouts. We hike, we camp, we sail and canoe and climb. And so much more. It's awesome. We learn to care for ourselves and for others. We learn outdoors. Scouts is less screens, more friends. Real friends. The best friends. We develop leadership, resilience and have fun. From the age of five, Scouts prepares you for adventure and prepares you for life. It's time to check out your local Scout group at scoutsvictoria.com.au. From Sandringham to South Yarra, you're listening to Southern FM. And this is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. 0404-000-736, that's our famous text line. We'd love to hear from you. What are you getting up to this afternoon? Are you going to catch some local footy? Are you going to watch Sandringham take on uh, the Northern Blues at Marvel Stadium? I'm going to go straight from here, and I'm going to go in early, and I'm going to watch the VFL. Well, how good is a doubleheader? Yeah, I do love it. I do Mm. like it. I I would assume, actually, St Kilda might... uh, Sandringham might be in there, St Kilda... Jumpers. Ah, yes, they will. Because of the alignment. So I think every game at Marvel will mean that they have to wear the St. Kilda jumpers. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But, you you know, if you're a young player on that list, like a Kai Owens and stuff like that, you'd love playing at Marvel. And you know what? I reckon you'd enjoy wearing the Sandringham jumper that looks like a St. Kilda jumper. I think so. I think so. I like it. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in and have a beer and uh, and watch and, and wait for the Saints game. Good. You yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I actually wouldn't mind doing that, but yeah. I'm, I'm not going to today, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, we are drawing our attention now to the Southern Football Netball League. I'll let you just think about your afternoon there, Donners, yeah, while I read fine. some yeah. results from Div 4. Uh, we'll mention this one because CPL, they're a great football club. Uh, their inaugural president and, and Steve Barnes is a, a, was a long-time radio presenter on this radio station. This I hope is- you... Hope you're well, Barnsley. This is a shocking result for Lindell. It they is. They were up all day. Look at that three-quarter time score. Oh, but good on CPL for getting the, the win. 9-15-69. Mm. Oh, Lindell would be livid. 9-13-67. You would, yeah, but, I mean, for a team like that who's won one game for the year, yeah. you would hope that they would be able to hold on to a 20-point lead. At home at Barry at home. Power Reserve yeah. there on the hill. So yeah. they've kicked they've kicked one goal... They've kicked one goal to four in the last quarter. One goal, two to four goals, four. Yeah. That's not good. Disappointing. Anyway, uh, the goal kickers for Lindale, Trent Day with four. Uh, Kitsubis, Little and Hartley named in the best there for Lindale. And for CPL, wow, Wilson, if you don't mind. He didn't go missing in this game. Eight goals. For Wilson there, Curtis, Courts and Graham named in the best. Now, uh, we'll have a look at... Lindhurst smashed Dan and Ong, by the way. Okay, well, that's good to see that they've done that, but haven't put their results in. <laughs> 8 9 57, at Widdop Crescent yesterday. Got defeated by South Yarra. Jeez, they're really Five loving... Five in a row. They're really loving the fact that they don't have to play at uh, Fritolta yep. this year. Well, this one was down the road, down to Moorabbin. <laughs> it but, was, yeah. Um, I thought this was going to be a lot closer because if you look at Moorabbin's four points for, points against, they've got the most points for. They've kicked 200 points twice this season. Yeah. And they've only put up eight goals yesterday. So I'd be disappointed I, with that. I don't. I can't get a good read on Morabin. They're inconsistent, and it might cost them throughout the year. I was going to say, is Matty Johansson uh, lining up there? He's a good club stalwart there but at uh, Morabin. Huge for um, huge for South Yarra. Five in a row now. They sit third on the ladder, mm. um, and really making a fist of it. I've got a mate who plays for South Yarra. He reckons they're capable of of good things this year. Well, sixteen, twelve, one, oh eight. They did get the chocolates there against Morabin, as you said. Eight, nine, fifty-seven for Morabin, Jackson, and 
Isaac kicked three and Johannesson kicked two. They were the multiples. And all the goal kickers, funnily enough. Jackson Wood and McRae named in the best from Rabbit. For South Yarra, Haney four, Callaway four, Bird two, Steghouse, Higgins and Haney named in the best there in Division 4. That's results from Division 4. We will have a look at Division 3 of the SFNL. Uh, yesterday afternoon, and we'll start with this result, Another which is an awesome result for Clayton. I'm really happy to see this. Ashwood yesterday at home against Clayton, 12-6-78. We're defeated by the Clays, 12-10-82. Bit of a uh, bit of a sort of a shootout. Ashwood led at, at half time, then Clayton went bang and kicked seven in the third term, yeah. led by plenty. Look at that, and then. Uh, Ashwood have kicked five in the last quarter to three behinds, two behinds. So, I mean, Ashwood would be, they'd be annoyed that they sort of let Clayton dominate them so much in that third quarter when they were up, and they could have won this game. Uh, King one one point one point in the in the third quarter they kicked to seven goals two. So, yeah. um, interesting. I mean, they had a really good win last week, uh, Ashwood over Black Rock. So, yep. um, inconsistency getting the better of them at the moment. Ross Barrett kicked three for Ashwood, the coach's uh, relative. Chapman with two and Morrie with two. And for Clayton, Gilmore again. Skipper. Oh, he's just an all-class performer, that bloke. And and been great to the Clayton Football Club for so long and loyal as well. Mm -hmm. Morrison kicked two. Hoke kicked two. Day kicked two. And Hine kicked two. Henderson, Tuckwell and Morrison named in the best there for Clayton. They'll they'll play finals now this year, Clayton. And people might say, oh, it's not that big of an achievement in a six-team comp, but... You know, you've got to think about how bad they've been the last two years, and just and marvel at, at what they're doing this year. Yeah, and you know they are really creating something good at that yeah, football club. The thing is with Clayton as well. For so long, they have been at such a well-run football club. They've always prided themselves as a football club. Yep. And you know they've had a successful women's team. Uh, unfortunately, the women's teams, or fortunately, been a little bit better than the men's team yep. the last few yep. years. It's fair to say they've won a grand final and. <laughs> Onwards and upwards for them, but I'm so rapt to see them doing well this year in, in Division 3, a yeah, lower division, too. but good to see them get uh, back on the winner's list again. Now, Donners, we have to read this result out because it involved Black Rock. Black Rock yesterday, 8-11-59, got the win, down against the, the guys from the Navy base in Cerberus. Mate, this, um, <coughs> excuse me. this yes. was a good opportunity for Cerberus to break their duck. But they didn't. No, I know, but look at the three-quarter time score as well, 38-39. to 39. Yeah. You know, they haven't scored, obviously, in the last quarter, Cerberus, but, um, I mean, not their worst performance, but I'm a bit worried about BlackRock. They they looked in the first four weeks like they were going to be that third-best team, and they've just dropped away. And They lost Ashwood last week. They've, they have they nearly sort of let this one slip. So, yeah. Um, I think these are the two teams that are going to miss out on finals. And oh, do you know what the difference is for BlackRock this year compared to 12 months ago? What's that? Buddy Spawn. Michael Spawn, yeah. the uh, American who's been great to Southern FM over the years as well. When when uh, he was uh, at Black Rock, he went to la- went last year to Mordialli, yep. played uh, Division One football because they had him down and had a great season and could play at that level. But in his own right, decided to go back to Black Rock, who gave him his first opportunity to play football when he first came across from the US of A. And yep. um, He's picked up the game so well and attacks the ball really well. Great ruckman, great uh, clubman heading back to Blackrock this year. And you look at it, he's kicked two goals, which could have defined the result yeah, there exactly. against Cerberus there. So good on your buddy, and he's named in the best rightfully. So 
against the guys from the Navy base, Guiri and Ziba. Zuberstein, uh, and then the best day. Zuberstein. Uh, yeah, that's the Zuberstein. one. The yeah. He used to do a radio show on Southern FM. There you go. Uh, good on you, Zebra, if you're tuning in this morning. You're probably not, but anyway. <laughs> Myatt with uh, two for Cerbera, Schwartz, Parker, and Hines, named in the best there. Uh, and that's uh, our coverage of Division 3. We will have a look at Division 2. And Ooh. yesterday, oh, bad. This is bad for Chelsea Heights oh, and for East Brighton in the uh, in the next game as well. Oh, yeah. Keysborough, 2013-133, defeated Chelsea Heights, 5-3-33. A nice even margin, though. Yep. 100 on the nose. Bang on. <laughs> Dead eye. And you look oh, at who's God. been kicking their goals for Keysborough. Carnelli with five. Chrissy Bryan, mm. oh, an all-star performer. Five goals. Humphreys, two. Makanowski with two. Good to see Timmy Werner getting uh, on the goal kickers list there and playing some football. He was a bit injury prone in the last 12 months. So mm-hmm. good to see him back there for Keysborough. Sipos, the brother of Aaron Sipos, he used to play for St Kilda. Uh, always a good performer for Keysborough, named in the best there with Webb and Carnelli. And for Chelsea Heights, Went was the only multiple. Phil Matheson, uh, Walsh and Lee named in the best there for Chelsea Heights. The next result, uh, Caulfield, 15-10-100, defeated Sky, 7-6-48 at Cornhang Park Reserve. Well, good result for Caulfield. They've had a bit of uh, potluck of late, so good to see them get a win. On the board, Becker with four, Cox with four, and Glass with three, Rhys Jones with two. Uh, Gascoigne and Petrie were two apiece for Sky there. Struggling Sky. Yeah. Well, they did lose uh, Brad Sinclair, their coach, who was starting something there. He had to move on, unfortunately, at the end of last season. and mm. So they're going through that rebuild stage, but they've got good people around the club there, Sky, so hopefully they can uh, take this on their stride and start building from what Brad Sinclair started. Anyway, uh, Brown, Moore and Acox named in the best there for Caulfield. This result at Murrumbina Park is a good one for Murrumbina, but, yeah, certainly interesting. Luke James, eight goals. If you don't mind. Wow. Brazil with two, Semmel with two, and Edwards with two. That was Murrumbina defeating Doveton Eagles, of course, 19-12, to 11-9-75. Piver right for Doveton Eagles, former Richmond-listed footballer, kicked four. Beer, um, who I'm a fan of, uh, kicked two goals for Doveton Eagles. Wright, Wilson, and Ray named in the best there for Dubton. James, of course, kicking eight goals. You have to be the best. I've lost that. two on the trot. And look at that. They've got off to a seven goals to none start, Dubton. How? And then they've conceded nine goals in the second term. Mm. And from there, Murrumbina just motored. So, so Lukey James's eight literally was the difference probably, in the last yeah. quarter when you yeah. look at it. There you go. So, um, yeah. tough times there for uh, Dovey. Good results for uh, Beaner at the Beaner Arena. Uh Yesterday at Ross Street Reserve, this is uh, becoming a rivalry match. This one, mm. or it used to be, between f- two former Southern FM commentators. Nine twelve sixty six. Hamilton. Uh, I was going to say Hamilton. <laughs> Hampton rather defeated Heatherton five eight thirty eight at Ross Street Reserve. Uh, no multiples from Heatherton, but uh, Hampton had Ashman and Camposano with the two goals. Former Dingley player Camposano. Yep, uh, and we heard an interesting story about him during yeah. the last twelve. Uh, I was going to say 12 months, but in the last couple of weeks, yep. as a matter of fact. Hayes, Timms, and Thor now named in the best for Hampton, where 
as Heatherton had Flannery Stone and Les. And Hampton just rolling under the radar a little bit at the moment. Just a tad. They're, uh, they're, they're capable of playing finals for they're sure. They're a good football club, though, mm. the Hammers, and good to see them getting a few Ooh, wins on the board. This is not good. This is ugly, especially for East Brighton. Yeah. Fian, uh, well, let's say the result first, Carl. 23-16, 154, Springvale Districts defeating East Brighton, 2-3-15. Wow, not good. Uh, yeah. Nath Foster and uh, Pierce with the only two goals for East Brighton. So. And then for Districts, yeah. Fian with seven, Weedering with five, Angelopoulos with three, Heng with two, Thompson, Ork and Angelopoulos in the best there and for East Brighton, Cosgrave, Hope and Jamison. Good to see Dewey Jam. Mark Jamison. Well, he's the only the one. Best there. For me, he's the only one that's really providing any any sort of respite for for East Brighton. I mean, he's the only one doing all doing any work there. So. Well, let's put it this way, right? He, Barry Hope, and also uh, the Doc Larson have been at that football club for a long time. Great club clubman. Don't get me wrong, but ever since uh, you know situations changed there, they mm. rebuilt their club rooms and lost a lot of their senior players. Went down a division. Uh, all we've seen is these guys sticking with the club, chewing yep. their fat, and, and making the best every week. Yeah, and quickly before we go, we'll run through Division 1. Port yes. Colts um, were beaten by Cheltenham in a disappointing display. East Malvern got over the top of uh, Oakley District, 117-75. to 75. Some Pauls upset Dingley, 174, which is uh, getting some Pauls' season back on track. Good to see Dan Farmer back on the board with five goals too. Certainly did. 16-9-105, St Kilda City defeated Hyatt, 13-11-89. That's so close for Hyatt to get back there. Good work from Hyatt there, and they, they led three. at three-quarter time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And a big upset down at Morty Alec, uh, 8-12-60, Bentley. Uh, defeated Morty Alex 6-5-41. So, and that's exactly why Bug's not here this morning. And that, that win might spark Bentley's season for going forward. Very much so. Good to see the Demons back on board in Division 1 of the Southern Football Matt and Nepal League. in the twos, so uh, he's back where he belongs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'll leave that commentary to you there, Donis. <laughs> oh, hey, we had a bit of fun during the week with it. What a massive program we've had this that morning. Was unbelievable. It was hectic. It was full on. Big thank you to Matthew Cox, who's uh, well and truly calling that game for the VFLW right now. Great to have Jake Batchel and Jake lead Batchel, up to his yeah. first game uh, back in the VFL system with Sandringham. And our man, Wadey. Jared Waite, a superstar. Awesome. So great to have his insight uh, after the unfortunate events that have unfolded at the North Melbourne Football Club. You've been listening to Beyond the Boundary. Coming up after midday is Sports Fans Radio with a substitute host in David Coots. So we're looking forward to Cooter on the microphone hosting here on 88.3. We'll catch you again same place, same time next week here on 88.3 Southern FM. Your home of local footy in 2019. Until then, bye for now.